With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. If you're a small business owner struggling to get a handle on your taxes, FreshBooks is here to help. FreshBooks is ridiculously simple cloud accounting software that will help you cruise through tax season. It keeps all of your cash flow details in one place so you know exactly what your income is. And their mobile app allows you to take pictures of your receipts and organizes them for later, which makes claiming expenses a total breeze. To get started with a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash James and enter the code James in the how did you hear about us section. Today on the James Altucher Show. Everyone you know, wants to start a company or wants to start a new, new thing. And you see actually how powerful the impact is in some places, like in countries like Bangladesh, for example, where the, the, the wages are extremely poor. Um, you know, if you have access to a computer and, and the internet, the whole world is open up to you in terms of customers and clients, etc. And so we have freelancers that literally their whole life has been made because they've just found the internet and, and through their own human endeavor, and you know, the fact that all the world's knowledge now is online on the internet, they've managed to earn really, really good incomes. And so we get countless number of people emailing and saying, look, I was poor, I was destitute, I couldn't even feed myself. Now I have $20,000 in the bank, I have a house, etc." And in fact, in a lot of these countries, they say, and now I'm married because I can afford the dowry. I think the benefit's huge to the freelancer, but I also want to stress the benefit's huge to the potential entrepreneur here. You could come up with an idea and it's made manifest for cheap in a month. Well, this is the whole thing. I mean, if you just have a spark of an idea, you can turn that idea into reality now just so easily, right? You just have to kind of articulate what you want done. And no matter what the skill set is that you're, you're looking for, whether it's someone who can design an app or write some software or do some marketing or, or help you write a book or you know, whatever it is, it's all there. I've got... Matt Barry here again. This is your second time on the show. Matt Barry, welcome. It's great to be here again. CEO of, I'll do a little intro, CEO of Freelancer.com. It's a half a billion dollar company in Australia. And there's two reasons I like your company. One is I completely used your company in a a prior incarnation of it when I was building, um, I used Script Lance to outsource uh, 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 all my development on a business I started, StockPicker.com in 2000. Six in 2007, totally made an entire company dirt cheap, sold it for high, which is the the dream come true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the other reason is 
this is the trend that's happening is that corporatism is sort of dying and people, you can't sort of rely on, oh, I'm going to get hired by the job and just keep getting promoted and promoted and promoted. Now everybody's moving towards this gig economy, solopreneur, um, you know, outsourcing to get things done cheap. And you define that like you, you how many jobs were posted on uh, Freelancer last month? Uh, it's about 200,000 almost. So it's like the eBay of jobs. So, so describe what that means. So, I mean, simply, if uh, any sort of job you can possibly think of, there's a thousand different categories. You can come along to our website, post it online, and we have millions of people around the world that will bid on these jobs. So, uh, really, if you have a spark of an idea, whether it's anything like you know, build me a website, design for me a logo, right through something to what you know, could be quite sophisticated and complex. Um, NASA is using us to design parts for the International Space Station, for example. Wait, NASA is posted on. They didn't use like they didn't call up MIT and say, "Give us your best rocket scientist." They went to freelancer.com and said, "Hey, we need to we need to make a new booster rocket for space." <laughs> and they went to freelancer.com to find some guy in India. Well, they're not to- doing booster rockets yet. Maybe one day, but um, they've done about sixty or seventy different contests on the site. They started actually with. Um, 3D modeling to train the image recognition system of a robotic astronaut that exists on the space station. I didn't know this existed, but the Robonaut R2, and it's a humanoid-style robot, um, it's about to do EVA spacewalks and because it's got a new set of legs. And in order to do that, it needed to be able to understand the environment it's in. So um, 3D models had to be built to train the image recognition system to do things like recognize a handrail, a hose pipe, tools, um, a spectrometer, and so forth, all the things that the robot would interact with. And so they started with this contest here, I've got right, right in front of you, where for $50... So I'm looking at they this, got, this is, uh, they, they put up pictures, I guess, 3D handrail for an EVA spacewalk, and I'm looking at these pictures. And so it was a $50 prize. People from around the world competed uh, to win the prize by submitting 3D models that they developed, um, which is like a CAD model, from photographs. And the end result was uh, something like this, which looks photorealistic. It looks like it's actually a photo of, of, of a handrail. Um, it's not, it's actually a 3D model that they've rendered. And this allowed um, this model to be loaded into the image um, recognition system to, for training so that the, the, the actual robotic astronaut can interact with these things. So they did a whole range of these models. So, so who, who won this contest? Who got the job from NASA? I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head, but over 5,000 different freelancers have competed in all the contests from all walks of life all around the world. And these are people from um, you know, from Western economies, from developing world economies, young people, old people, um, guys, girls, you name it. It's, it's been you know, really a very broad spectrum of, of freelancers have participated. But the amazing thing is the old way of, of getting this done was you come along, you write up a traditional job description, maybe for a full-time job, maybe for a 12-month contract for a 3D modeler. Uh, you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for that particular person because these, these are very you know, very high-demand skill sets. Not even a particular person. Like NASA would hire like Boeing or Raytheon or some huge company and mm. pay like a million dollars for this. Maybe. Um you know, you get your job description, you circulate internally, you then put it out, you know, externally, you get candidates, you interview them, you get an office, you get a desk, you get a computer, you get a swipe card, etc. And all the complexities and hassles and so forth of hiring full time. And then finally, they get round to actually doing the work. Uh, when they used our website, they come along, they put their credit card in, they put $50 into the site. 24 hours later, they had something like 47 different designs. They ended up with this very, very first model with 121 different designs. They picked the one they liked, they pay, and it's done within 24 hours. That's unbelievable. So now, um, just on a tangent, 
would it be really horrible for you? Like if they they send this robot into space and it just sort of drifts into space <laughs> and like it doesn't work at all? Like would that be a disaster? Um, I'm sure you do thorough testing, and, th- and this is a 3D model, so you know you can you, you can t- test obviously the integrity of, the, of that model quite quite simply before yeah. you actually put it into production. But um, you know they did a whole range of different 3D models around and this. And so some free, some freelancer just from home, like a great programmer yeah. slash image recognition guy. Uh, Programmed this up, modeled it out, and hmm. won the contest. That's right. He could be from any country, or she could be from Anywhere, any country in the world. Anywhere in the world. And um, let me pitch a job to you right now. Let's say I came up with a random idea. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I wanted to make a geolocating Tinder. So mm-hmm. I want to do Tinder where everybody's within sixty feet of me, or you yep. know, within within twenty bars from me, or whatever. Uh, and I, I put that job description on freelancer.com because I want to make an app and get rich yep. with my app. Uh, what would what would happen next? So it's uh, so in terms of mobile phone apps, we're actually the biggest marketplace in the world for actually getting these things done. So this is one of the very very mainstream types of work that gets done on our site. So it's free for you to sign up. It's free for you to to post your job. What you'd do is you'd type in the description. You would say. This is what I want done, a mobile phone app for a Tinder-like service. You would type in a, you know, a few, um, anywhere, anywhere from a few sentences right through to detailed spec, whatever you have to kind of describe in more detail what you want done for your job. Select a budget and post your job. It, at this point, it's been completely free for you. The project goes live. We then notify freelancers from all around the world who have uh, filled in a profile where they've said, these are the sorts of jobs I'm interested in. Uh, we send them a notification or an email or what have you, or they're on the site and they see the job pop up in the new bids list. It's free for them to sign up. It's free for them to bid on your job, talk to you, and so forth. If you decide that you both want to proceed with the job and you're happy to start work, uh, the way it works is um, you award the job to the freelancer. We charge the freelancer 10% uh, of what they've bid as a, as a commission. Uh, and for you as an employer, we charge you 3%. And typically what will happen is the freelancer at that point will say, you know what? Uh, for mobile phone apps, the average price for a mobile phone app on our website is around six hundred US dollars. It depends how com- complex it might might be a little bit more or a little bit less, depending on on, on kind of what you get, what you're getting done. But six hundred is about the average. And what will happen is the freelance will say, "Put some money into the system to show that you're serious, to show that you're real." Before I actually do any work myself, uh, you'll reach a negotiation, whether that's the full six hundred dollars or maybe fifty percent of the six hundred dollars, whatever it may be. And then you'll deposit those funds in a series of one or more milestone payments, which will map against deliverables. And then and you have a company that you bought recently, Escrow, which mm. kind of manages the payment uh, payments for a lot of this, right? Not currently, but it basically goes into Escrow on Freelancer. Mm-hmm. But soon we'll be doing it through Escrow as well. Um, Escrow, Escrow at the moment is a business that's been running for sixteen years. That's been providing us for a whole bunch of other websites on the internet. Um, okay, there's a thousand different partners and so forth. Um, and what will happen is the France will start work knowing there's funds in the system. And as they're releasing deliverables to you, uploading files, and you're ticking them off saying, yep, I like that, and so forth, uh, you can choose whenever you're happy to make partial payments or full payments. And at the end of the job, you both leave feedback for each other. You know, and um, there's a both a qualitative and quantitative system for feedback. So you know, was it on time? Was it on budget? Professionalism, quality, and so forth. And then you build up a rating and reputation on the site. So how long do you think it? Like again, for the for the app I just described, roughly from beginning to end, how long do you think it would? How many um, offers to to work on it? Do you think I'd get? You said the average yep. price would be about six hundred dollars. How long do you think it'll take? Uh, 
Well, it's an incredibly liquid marketplace. So I've actually got something in front of you here, which obviously the people on the podcast can't see. But seventy-eight percent of jobs get bid on within sixty seconds. So we have Whoa. we have uh, twenty-three million people on the website. It's extremely liquid in terms of people coming in and and and, and you know showing that they're interested in, in jobs because it's also a very competitive marketplace. Um, the average job across all jobs costs about one hundred and sixty-seven dollars US, and it, on average takes about two weeks. Something like a mobile phone app is more sophisticated, so it is more expensive. I think I mentioned $600 the average price. And it would probably take you anywhere from, I don't know, I'm just guessing here, a month or more, really depending on what features and you know, how well-developed and so forth it is. And, and again, I've seen priced-out apps for, for, for similar type of apps, uh, not necessarily Tinder, but, but similar complexity, uh, around twenty dollars to $30,000 when you buy an agency here. So, so there's such a discrepancy like it seems like I'm I'm going off on on more tangents. I want to actually get to your your mm-hmm. your personal story and how this came to be, and then and then some specifics about um, entrepreneurs and and who want to use the site on both sides. But uh, it seems to me one opportunity is for me to create an agency here, yep. charge the twenty thousand dollars, and then use freelancer to pay six hundred dollars. Uh, this is actually the secret. The, the power users on our website, the, you know, the real power users, are the old school freelancers mm-hmm. who are in the US or they're in the UK or Australia or Canada and what have you. They used to do all the work themselves, designing business cards, logos, whatever it may be, websites and so forth. Now what they've done is they've turned the whole model on its head and instead of actually being the ones doing all the work, they get to now cherry pick the work they want to do that's interesting and all the other business that comes in, they can, they can take it all on and they can farm it out to a whole team of freelancers all around the world. That and are available is the quality? So let, let's take logo design as a, as yep. a great example. Because uh, traditional logo design, if a big company wants a logo, they'll hire an ad agency or a design firm. The design firm will charge anywhere from twenty to $100,000 for a big corporate brand logo. If you use freelancer, I can get a logo, let's say, like you say, for $160. Uh, are the logos going to be as good? Absolutely. I, I actually, it shocks me when I read in the newspapers sometimes about how much some of these big corporations are paying for logos and so forth. I've, I've got some ex, you know, exa- examples in front of you here. This is a contest wow, for the beautiful. design of packaging for, for a chocolate bar. This cost 100 euros, and you can see that. that That's that, unbelievable. So that, I'm, looking at a, I'm looking at a chocolate bar. Uh, that would be the best-looking chocolate bar I would see in the, in the store. Yeah, it, it looks like any other high-quality chocolate bar you'd see, yeah. and it was 100, 100 euros for, for, for the actual label. So, so, so your so freelancer.com is has its pulse on essentially what's happening in the whole economy. Just this whole idea that we, we can outsource to all these solopreneurs or or small entrepreneurs working from home or small places all around the world. What's what's the growth like? How how big is this kind of phenomenon happening? Like how's how's your growth? Uh, it's it's pretty phenomenal. So we actually just came up with our uh, financial results for the end of the year. Um, the number of jobs posted on the platform last year was around 2.6 million and that was up 53% year on year. So pretty phenomenal growth. So 2.6 million jobs that otherwise would have been done either internally or at home or whatever. Or not at all. Or not I at mean, all. there's a lot of jobs here that just simply didn't exist before because people just didn't have the budget. So if you think about uh, maybe a cafe, uh, that um, you know is just down the street, and they want a website, but they don't have the budget for twenty thousand dollars for a website, right. or ten thousand dollars, or even five thousand dollars. And at the end of the end of the day, maybe that cafe all they want is the ability to take an order, show a menu, put a phone number and an email address up, and just you know take orders for lunch. They do have a budget for two hundred dollars. 
not $10,000. And so this is a job that maybe would not have happened in, in the past or it would have been put in the too hard basket of maybe I'll, I'll wait till I can find someone who can do it cheaply for me or a friend of a friend or whatever it may be. So we actually open up a whole new spectrum in terms of work that wouldn't have get done, done before. A bit like FedEx, how FedEx opened up the whole market for international freight uh, by providing you know very, very cheap um, uh, delivery, uh, you know, which was not able to be done before because they run the plane, they ran the planes regardless of whether or not they were full. And and so you know, there's jobs here. I mean, I'm showing you a logo now, which is a, for 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 a shoe company. It was ten pounds. That's unbelievable. And, and it looks it looks amazing. Uh, and the jobs get you know go up in, in sophistication and complexity. I mean, here there's another ten pounds for a for a label for beard beard oil, and that looks like a beautiful. So uh, so what what what's going to happen then to all the let's say high price design companies and and software companies in the United States where it's like top dollar? Well, there's there's. Always potential for high price companies if the skill sets and the the knowledge that they're, they're providing is is actually niche and high value and and, and and so forth and 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 technology moves so quickly and so fast there are always always these skill sets that are that are very very high end so if you look at jobs on our site which involve things like um, you know DevOps um, you know in, in the stack you know dealing with Memcache and Varnish and Redis and all these complicated things you read about in the Hacker News etc you know those freelancers are commanding very 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 high rates for their for the wages. You know, and that would be on par with what you'd see, you know, in 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 you know, major cities like New York or even in, in Silicon Valley, etc. You know, in in some of the other areas where where the skills are um, are, are less, or or there's a lot more people who who are in those particular spaces. You know, the jobs are lower, and but that's broadly representative of what's happening in the world globally. I mean, it's probably pretty hard to comprehend, but five billion people on this planet, five billion live on ten dollars a day or less. Well, and also, and the great and the great thing about freelancers, we help you go from ten dollars a day to ten dollars an hour. Or more, right? Well, well, and I guess you can say, like, for instance, when I used Scriptlance to do mm-hmm. stockpicker.com, I was never going to pay $20,000 for a website, but I was able to pay, uh, I think I on Scriptlance I paid one or $2,000 mm-hmm. and it built a very sophisticated website and then I was able to hire people. So, That's right. You know, because we got profitable and so on. It's a fantastic productivity tool if you're a small business or you're a sole entrepreneur or you know, an individual who've got that, so that spark of an idea because you know everyone test out ideas. That's right. Everyone everyone you know wants to start a company or wants to start a new new thing, but it's always so hard. You get really excited and then you wake up in the morning going, "That's great. So let's come up with a name for my company. Let's get a business card together." Oh, I need to get a designer to do that. Do I have a friend who's a graphic designer who can maybe do a business card for me? And then you go bug your friend, and it's like, well, you know, yeah, how much money have you got, et cetera, to be able to help it's, and you know, help out in the, on a budget and so forth. And and it just suddenly gets really, really hard when you realize, yeah, actually, there's skill sets that you need that you don't have yourself, and you have to go and retain and hire people. And we take the time, the cost, and the hassle away from that uh, in a marketplace where you get to you get to you know, access talent. All around the world, and that's why it can be quite inexpensive to do things because you're, you may be finding people from the developing world or emerging economies where it may not seem like a lot of money for you, but for them, it's a lot of money, a huge amount of money. So, so a couple of questions that springs to mind. One is, um, you know, when you're communicating with people from around the world, often people have a hard time communicating. That's what yes. there's, you know, there's language barriers, there's yep. there's subtle barriers, in, even if you all know uh, the same language, and and also there's kind of Business communications, uh, people who are posting jobs might not be sophisticated at. So I find a lot of time, like when I was doing, again, when I used uh, uh, the site, I found that I would make a spec and they would uh, agree, mm-hmm. but our agreements didn't really mean the same thing. Yeah. So, so how do you um, mediate problems like that, which must happen quite a bit? This is one of the challenges when you're working with someone who's remote on the other side of the world, where 
you know, the clearer you can be around communication, the better you can detail exactly what you want, the more specific you can be, the less room there is for error, right? And um, because your interpretation of what something might be and someone else's interpretation of what something might be might be completely different because of, you know, various... Or I might just explain poorly. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, the better and more detailed you are, um, in your in your description, the better outcome you'll have. We also provide collaborative tools to make things easier. And the internet's getting faster and faster, and human and computer interaction is getting better and better. So we have audio chat, we have video chat. You can you know share your screen. I've seen some pretty amazing things. I, I actually did a segment on BBC a little while ago with a financial analyst, and he um, lives in Seven Oaks, which is a I think a forty five minute train ride out from London. I can't remember exactly how, how long it was. And he writes research on toll roads and bridges and all these public infrastructure projects from home. And he gets up in the morning, gets his cup of tea, writes um, these reports, which he sells to the big banks and the, and and, you know, and so forth. And um, he has a, um, a PhD in mathematics in Pakistan who does all these um, visualizations for him. So he, you know, he'll look at traffic flows and standard deviations of traffic through a bridge or what have you and have these beautiful uh, pictures and, and, and models built up. And he gets up in the morning, he puts his iPad next to his computer, a little face pops up on it from Pakistan and the video quality was, was amazing. And they just sit there chatting while he's drinking a cup of, his cup of tea. He's writing his report. The the modeler's off doing his work, and it's 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 kind of like having a little, you know, it's a virtual it's a virtual office, but it's like having someone in your office with you, kind of sitting with you. So I see. So communication is just like I would always have to. Um, it was communication was so slow because I, I hired a company in India through yep. the site, and then it's like they would be doing the work at night, and mm-hmm. I'd be, you know, then it would be a full twenty four hour cycle before Follow I could communicate. Sun. So yeah. I, I tended to stay up late, but it was still hard, like back and forth. There wasn't that video; mm-hmm. there wasn't as much video chatting going on. Well, if you're talking about the Scriptlands days, this would have been before two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, so so the internet's moved on a, a right. lot since then, and and interactions a, a, a lot better. The other the other thing you have to remember is. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of countries in the world where English is, an, is a native language. You've got India, you've got the Philippines, Pakistan, et cetera, and, and, and so forth. And, and the, the tools now are, are so much better and so much, um, it's so much easier to, to communicate. Um, but, I mean, the, and also it depends what sort of work you're in. So some areas of work um, require you know, English to be absolutely perfect because they're writing copy or they're thinking about concepts that require domain expertise or knowledge, et cetera. But there are some things such as 3D modeling where actually the English language has, doesn't have to be so, so good if you can actually communicate what you want because it, it's a highly technical uh, job. You can actually get great, great outcomes. And I, I'll show you again just a couple more examples. There's, a, there's an example here of this is a, this is a beautiful house that's been designed. This was actually a bit more expensive. This project. This was sixteen hundred dollars. So sixteen hundred dollars to provide. I mean, I'm looking at a house that's probably worth ten million dollars. So yeah. you're saying sixteen hundred dollars to to do the architecture for an, a ten million dollar house was done over freelancer.com. That's right. And 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 the, but the quality of the design, if you can see, you know. That's extremely high quality, but you wouldn't need to have perfect English. This is actually done by someone in Italy, um, but you wouldn't actually have to have perfect English to be able to to, to do that job. Um, so, so okay, so what did they do? They put up like, oh, we want a three story house that's that's beautiful and and wide open. Like, and there's glass everywhere. There's wide open. Here's where it is on Google Maps. I want to live in this house. Floor. Like, what, what, it's an amazing house. Where is this house? <laughs> uh, I I don't know where it's actually being built, but I know the freelancer was in Italy that designed that house. Um, but you know, you'd upload the floor plan. You'd up, upload the sort of standard, standard sort of things in terms of what the, what the view looked like, some photos of the area, etc. And then you just interact with each other. Maybe here are the sort of houses I do like. Here's the styling I like, 
and so forth. And this was this was the outcome, uh, and it and it it's amazing. And in, in fact, every year it just kind of blows me away. So just you know, the quality and the sophistication, the complexity every year is getting better and better and better. So, so another question is, let's say um, I, I have a business idea, I put out the spec, uh, a programmer uh, agrees to do it. What's, uh, and maybe this is a naive question, but what's the uh, intellectual protection? So yep. I've just given my idea away for free and, then, and there's two layers. Yep. One is they could just ignore me and do it themselves, which is unlikely because I don't mm-hmm. think a random software company in Malaysia is going to create an app that's going to go yep. huge in, in the U.S. But they they also now have the template for redoing this software over yep. and over and over again yep. to any competitor of mine. Mm-hmm. So so what's what's my protection there? It's just like the real world. So um, you know, in the, if, if you weren't going online to hire someone, you would want to be careful anyway. In fact, the ability of a local freelancer right here in New York to actually take your idea and run off with it is actually significantly higher than someone. right because they can actually build the business here. Exactly. Exactly, and they have the network or what have you, and it's just it's it's much easier in the environment to be able to do that than someone maybe in Malaysia or you know India or, or wherever it may be. So you need to be prudent anyway. No matter who you deal with, whether you deal, deal with an online sense or an offline sense, you have to be careful. And the way that we deal with it in the marketplace to ensure the integrity is every job you do, you get feedback, and that feedback is qualitative and quantitative. So you rated it on various dimensions around your you know, professionalism and so forth, which are out of five stars, as well as some some textual textual feedback. The more feedback you get and the more you get paid, the more you gain what we call reputation in the system. And this this reputation determines how high you rank in the lists. So if you bid on a job or you appear in a directory, um, the more more reputation you have, the higher you are. And so when a, a job gets posted, we have an algorithm, which is actually quite sophisticated, a bit like a page rank algorithm for Google, where we will rank all the freelancers who may be interested in the job from who we think is most appropriate with the right skills for this particular job right down to people who are unranked. And the top freelancers, they're making lots of money on the site. You know, we've, we've got top freelancers probably making about seven figures a year. Um, and so, so... Top freelance. so at a, at a, you're saying the average job is $167 yep. and they're making seven figures there, a year. What are they doing, like 100,000 jobs? There's a guy in India that started in 2004 with two people in a room. He now has something like 160 people in three design facilities and he's building cheap websites, but he's building it at scale. And in fact, some of these large freelancers now, they've got to the point of professionalism where they're ISO 9001 certified. So they've actually got an international quality standard around you know, how they do their, their work and their processes. They're actually professional BPO outfits now or business process outsourcing. And so you know, these freelancers are very, very, very protective of their accounts because it's very, very hard to move up the rankings. They've got to do lots and lots of good work. The minute you start doing bad things, like the work is bad quality or you do something unprofessional, you move down very quickly or you get banned. And so that um, could ruin you. Exactly. So um, the Francis. Do you ever have anyone call you crying, like saying, "Oh, we were banned by mistake. Oh, Please put we, us back on." We, we have absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 it's it it's actually you you see actually how powerful the impact is in some places, like in countries like Bangladesh, for example, where the the, the wages are extremely poor. Um, you know, if you have access to a computer and, and the internet, whether it's through an internet cafe or whether it's through your school or college or whether you're lucky enough to have, have it at home, the whole world is open up to you in terms of customers and clients, et cetera. And so we have freelancers that literally the whole life has been made because they've just found the internet and, and through their own human endeavor and you know, the, the fact that all the world's knowledge now is online on the internet, you can watch YouTube videos or go to Coursera or Khan Academy or, or, or Udacity and you can, you can do this online, online training. They've managed to earn really, really 
good incomes. And so we get countless number of people emailing and saying, look, I was poor, I was destitute, I couldn't even feed, feed myself. Now I have $20,000 in the bank, I, ha- I have a house, etc." cetera. And, and in fact, in a lot of these countries they say, and now I'm married because I can afford the dowry. Well, uh, well, and again, I think the benefit's huge to the freelancer, but I, I also want to stress the benefit's huge to the potential entrepreneur here. You could come up with an idea and it's made manifest for cheap in a month. Well, this is the whole thing. I mean, if you just have a spark of an idea, you can turn that idea into reality now just so easily, right? You just have to kind of articulate what you want done. And no matter what the skill set is that you're, you're looking for, whether it's someone who could design an app or write some software or do some marketing or, or help you write a book or you know, whatever it is, I, I, it's all there. I did that for a joke. I did a, a fake book. I, I used freelancer.com. I found somebody who... Um, I wanted to basically have them rewrite word for word Fifty Shades of Grey, but just use a thesaurus on every single word, so it would be a different <laughs> book. But then, and then he did the whole thing. It cost me a couple hundred dollars. He did the whole thing, and then I realized that also was considered plagiarism. So I, that was the end of that experiment. But I'm, I'm going to ask you in a, in a second about what you were saying about the the training because I think that's a really important point. But the other thing that occurs to me is kids should be freelancers on this. Like, imagine if if uh, we're a similar age. Like if, if if you and I were like kids back in the 70s or early 80s and we had access to something like this and you could make like $200 a week making websites, that's better than a paper route. Like that, That's exactly right. In fact, we sponsor, we're actually a sponsor of the National Computer Science School in, in Australia, which is this elite academy for young kids who are in primary school uh, right through to secondary school um, who have an aptitude or desire to get into programming. And I go there and I talk to some of these kids and they go, I use your website. I made you know, whatever, $100 last, last month from it. And it's so easy. And I kind of, it was, I did it in three hours and I kind of pretended it took me a little bit longer than that. And, but it was great. And then, and then you go to these other kids who have already moved from being a freelancer to being a little entrepreneur who say, I got three apps built. I got one. So if you park your car and you lose, you forget where it is, you can find it easily because you take a photo when you, when you, when you park it. And one for helping helping find your pet if your pet gets lost and, and so forth. And they're all excited saying, oh, I'll put it in the app store and I've made $100 or whatever it may be. So, so you know, really, it, it's really just up to your own imagination. And I think it's an incredible productivity to be tall if you're an entrepreneur. Let's stop to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're a small business owner struggling with tax stuff, don't stress anymore because freaking out and burying your head in the sand will not solve your problems come tax time. But what will help you with paperwork and tax stuff and so on is bringing fresh books into your world. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software that's made for people like you and me who can't stand doing their taxes. Seriously, it will transform the way you handle your taxes because FreshBooks keeps all of your cash flow details in one place so you know exactly what invoices you sent, who's paid you, and what your income is. And their mobile app allows you to take pictures of your receipts and organize them for later, which makes claiming expenses a total breeze. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank accounts. It's everything you need to stay completely zen come tax time. So for a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash James and enter the code James in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com forward slash James and enter the code James in the how did you hear about us section. 
So I think what's really interesting here also is the story of how this developed because I find that many companies are built when someone entrepreneurial like yourself and you had been involved in several startups, someone entrepreneurial has like this, just this problem or annoyance in their yeah. gut and they need to figure out a simpler way to resolve that annoyance. So mm -hmm. this was like around two, 2007 for you, yeah. uh, right before the financial crisis, yeah. uh, you had been involved in some startups that it did okay or maybe not so okay, but you you were dissatisfied. And then and then what happened next? Well, in in so the entrepreneurial journey, I think this is what they call one of the dark moments where you know, I I started a company, I'll see, I raised millions of dollars for it, it was for designing chips that we put inside network equipment. Um, so it was very very complicated. I, I'm an electrical engineer by background, and so you know, graduated from Stanford and so forth. Went back to Australia, and so you know did the whole sort of Silicon Valley style startup back at home. But the product hadn't really taken off. We were getting some sales, but not enough. There were a lot of all the failures that you traditionally have in a startup. What could go wrong did go wrong. It was the wrong product market fit. It was the wrong timing. Well, early for market, you name it. But I had just walked out of that business, and I was a broken man. You know, I I had raised money and I tried put everything into it for six years and hired great people and all my friends, and it just didn't take off at the time. Why do you think? Oh, I could I could tell you I could go for a whole podcast about this, but it it was just we just. We we're in some ways very naive. We were very early to market. We were selling chips that scan gigabit network traffic in an era where there was not gigabit networks anywhere, really. And um, we should have built a, 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 an appliance and, and sold a box at, at the enterprise level, but we're, we had no experience in sales and so we we're too afraid to set up an enterprise sales team. So we we're trying to sell OEM. So we we're trying to sell directly to the manufacturers a chip. And ultimately, it ended up, if you think about it, we we're competing against Intel in a way, even though it was a custom chip. We're basically competing against Intel, and that's not a good place to want to be as a little startup. Could you have just called Intel and say, "Hey, we're competing against you, but we're a little better than you. How about you absorb us?" Well, the beautiful story was I left in two thousand and six, and two thousand and thirteen, it sold to Intel. <laughs> so, so, so after I left, um, you know, it went from seventy people to five people, and, and those five people persevered wow. and turned it into a, more of a software product. Uh, for networking, and then ultimately did sell the business, which is a lovely ending to the story. But in 2006, when I'd left, I was broken. I was devastated. I put all my heart and energy, and just I was physically tired. I was mentally tired, and in some ways, I was embarrassed because I walked out as a failure at, at, at that point in time because it really hadn't set the world on fire. And so I thought, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I was a bit shy to go out there and try and start another business because I didn't want to go. Uh, to people that I'd gone to before and say, come on, that, that business didn't work, but let's try another business. It was just embarrassing to think about that. It was embarrassing to think about how do I raise money from people because I'd just gone and raised all this money and the investors hadn't got a return. That They were still committed to the business and it was, it was struggling. So I thought, gee, what do I do with myself? And then I was just too emotionally, physically tired to try and think about getting a job somewhere. And so I was kind of at home, moping around a lot. And... Um, yeah, you know, after a, a period of decompression, uh, eventually I was I was trying to figure out, oh well, what will I do? And I'll just keep myself busy by trying to work on a few projects to help some people out. So I was being a bit of a freelancer myself. And um, I actually one of the projects I took on, which were which turned out to be a lot bigger project than I expected, was to help my my mum build a website for a her very business. harsh boss. Oh, the harshest boss in the world. Let me tell you. <laughs> Now I told her back in two thousand, back in nineteen ninety five, I think I said build a website or nineteen ninety six or something, which would have been the most one of the earliest e commerce websites in the world. But fast forward to two thousand and seven, and she still didn't have a website, and she sells sort of arts, craft, textiles, glues, paints, wholesale 
to, to art stores and craft stores and so, so forth. And I said, look, I'll finally build that website. You've taken like years and you haven't done anything. It's because it's been too hard. Well, I'll do it. So I started building this website for her. And then I said, well, she needs to have a, if she had a directory that kind of listed um, all the stores that she supplied to, maybe we could get other stores who are interested in being that directory sign up and we'll get their contact details and we'll, we'll, we'll sell to them as well. So that was the idea was build this directory. And I thought, well, to kind of get it started in some ways, I need to also find some stores um, on the internet and do a bit of data entry and kind of look up their addresses, look up their phone numbers, look up their email addresses and fill in a spreadsheet. And so I thought, well, I can just get a little kid maybe to do that and I'll, I, I'll start with maybe a thousand rows in this spreadsheet and I want to pay them $2 a row, $2,000 worth of work I thought at the time. And um, you know, some kid would love this job. They can work at home on a computer, set their own hours, I would have loved this job when I was a, when I was a kid. I, I, I actually had a paper route. I was paid five dollars an hour to do a paper route. I had a paper route as well. It's it like hard work on a bicycle, the yeah. hills and so forth. And then collecting the money yeah. every week. It's yeah. hard. It's tough. And um, and so I thought some kid would love this job. And I was you know trying to ask little brothers and sisters of friends of mine you know, if they do the job. And occasionally I'd find some. Yeah, this sounds good. And I'd come back a few weeks later, and it's like they haven't done any work. And I was like, what? Oh, I've got soccer practice. I've got exams and. The age of entitlement, I don't know. I was just like, how can you not want to do this job? Like, it's just, it's easy money. It's great money. It's work at home. It's on a computer. It's easy, jo- easy job. And after four months, I hadn't really got anywhere. And I was just really frustrated. And this is not the sort of job you can go and put in a newspaper or on a job board or anything like that. It's a bit of piecemeal work. It's a project, you know, and it's a reasonable amount of money, I thought. But no one wanted the job. And in frustration, I went to Google and I think I typed something like, data entry online or cheap data entry or something or other. And I found this website called getafreelancer.com. And I went there and it was the ugliest website you've seen in the world. It looked like Craigslist. It was all these grays and whatever and, and so forth. But it had a hive of activity on it. And um, I was trying to figure out what was going on. There's all these people, projects and people bidding on the projects. And I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I posted a job. Back then, it cost $5 to do so, which they refunded to you um, when you pick someone. Um, and we got rid of that fee, so it's free now. But I posted the job and I went away and had lunch. And I actually forgot I posted the job. I was just too distracted. And I came back and my email box had 74 emails in it. I was like, what's this? And I looked through my emails. I'll do the job for $2,000. I'll do the job for $1,000, $500, $400, $300, dollars And the first thing that hit me was, there's no way there's 74 people wanting to do it, this job. I can't find anyone locally to do the job. There's no way this can't be real. And I started chatting with some of the people online, et cetera, and they were real people and they were from different places in the world. My second thought is, why would someone want to do the job for $100? I'm willing to pay $2,000, but all these people are bidding with each other, et cetera, because it's, it's unskilled work. I mean, it's basically as unskilled as, as you can possibly think of. It's hey. just go online and search of things, et cetera. So there's a lot of people that wanted to bid for it quite cheaply. And um, I... I Hired a team in, in Vietnam. The job was done in three days. I didn't actually have to pay the money until it was done because of the, the milestone payment system. And it was done perfectly. And I just was shocked. This was like, this is one of those. This was like an, you had an excited This feeling. was one of the aha moments. Yeah. It was like, wow. And the wow moment for me was on multiple levels because the wow moment for me was this solves just so many problems for me. I want to start a company. And I want to hire people, but I'm too embarrassed to go and talk to all my friends and say, let's start another company again because of the, of the issues of my previous company hadn't, hadn't been successful. I don't have a lot of money. I was sitting at home. And I thought, I can just hire this whole army of people just off the back of a, 
few hundred dollars off a credit card and I can get these things done that I don't have to tell it for. And I can program, but I can't design. So I was thinking I can get this design work done and 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 you know, all the data entry work I can get done and so forth. And I thought, this just solves so many problems for me. Like, this is amazing. And then I thought, I should build some sort of a business with this website. What sort of business should I build? I can like, you know, what's what sort of company should I think of building? And I thought, this website's actually really cool. It's kind of like an eBay for jobs. And I thought, why hasn't eBay done this? And I thought, this is kind of like a global marketplace for services. Now we've got global marketplaces for products like um, Amazon, eBay, and now Alibaba. Like, surely there's gonna be a global marketplace for services. Surely that's a big category. But back at the time, I couldn't even fathom the scale of businesses at now. You know, I was just thinking to myself, like, surely I could build a little bit of a marketplace and people can, you know, similar to similar to the size of the business. I mean, the business get a finance at the time was doing about a million dollars a year of revenue. And I think it was like 500 jobs a day was going through or something like that. I thought I should build I should build a business just like get a freelancer. So what I do is a bit cheeky. I started building a um, marketplace called biddedout.com, hiring freelancers off get a freelancer to copy get a freelancer. <laughs> and so I was doing the programming and um, I had some people doing some design work and so forth. And I I kind of, you know, in a couple of weeks I got a very basic version of a marketplace going. And I kind of figured out how it kind of worked. And I thought, this is, this is pretty amazing. But then I did a bit of market research and figured out there were hundreds of these little companies. That, in fact, there's a lot of projects that were on um, Get a Freelancer to copy Get a Freelancer. And in fact, mm-hmm. Get a Freelancer started because the person who started it posted a project on Scriptlance, the website you used, mm-hmm. to clone Scriptlance. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I, got, I kind of thought, okay, there's a lot of companies out there. And I, there were about a dozen that had some traction. There were hundreds that weren't, had no traction at all. But there were some that had some traction. I thought no one's going to give me any money to kind of be number 13 in the space. So I thought maybe I'm going to try and buy one of these little guys and see if they would sell to me and then I can maybe try and fix it up and improve it that way. So I kind of emailed about uh, four or five of them, said, are you interested in selling? And a few of them came back and said, yeah, we're, we're kind of interested in selling. And Get a Freelancer, which is a company I contacted, also said, yeah, we're interested. We're actually in due diligence right now. He said with four companies to sell. And in fact, Six companies are in due diligence to sell, um, to, to try and buy it, but they were kind of dithering a little bit because the site looked terrible. And the guy, he was a Swedish guy, he was, he was an entrepreneur. He actually had hundreds of these little websites doing little bits and pieces because he was just you know, building, he had, he had a thing called, thing called Ganetta Galton in Sweden, I'm sure I pronounced that badly, which was like, an, um, like a gum tree for Sweden that actually had taken off. And I think that was a bit bigger actually than, than, than Get a Freelancer for him. And... Um, and and basically, I, I I talked to him, and he said, "Well, um, I said, well, you know, share the information that you're sharing the, with the companies. How much do you want for the business? And you wanted uh, a certain a certain amount of money for it, and in the millions of dollars. And I thought to myself, well, if I wanted to start from scratch, and the, and, and this is back in 2007, you needed to raise millions of dollars back in 2007 to really start a software business or an internet business. Now you could do it a lot cheap, more, more cheaply, and that's why." You know, your white combinators and so forth are funding fifty thousand dollars instead of you know millions of dollars. But back then, you needed to hire people and the servers and this and the other. And so I said, well, instead of starting from scratch and trying to get millions of dollars, which is going to be a hard effort given the fact that investors, I had, I had a bad name after working at my last company. You know, I can I can start with a business that's already got half a million people on it. It's already doing so many projects per day. That was I think about the five thousand biggest website in the world because it had a huge amount of traffic. And the reason why it had a huge amount of traffic is because the guy was really, really good at SEO. He just knew how SEO worked. And that's exactly how I found the business. I typed in cheap data entry and I found the business, mm-hmm. right? It was very, very scrappy as an entrepreneur in terms of thinking about marketing. And um, 
I, I liked this more than all the other websites because it had the most traffic and I thought, and I found so many problems. And what I liked about the business is there were so many problems because I thought, well, I just fix those problems and surely it will make more money, right? And um, I talked to him for a bit and it was, a, it was, a, it was a, you know, I said to him, look, um, give me 45 days to get the money together. I'll sign an agreement with you now, but give me 45 days to get the money. And if I don't get the money, I'll help you try and sell it to one of the other guys for twice the price. And so it's kind of win-win for him. Either he gets what he wants in 45 days or I help him try and sell it. And it took me longer than 45 days. So it'll be longer than 45 days to get the money together. But, but I think this is a really important concept though, mm-hmm. is that um, you had... Uh, you were sitting at home. Mm-hmm. You had no money. Mm-hmm. You found a company you wanted to buy. Yep. You made the deal to buy them before yep. you had the money. Correct. People don't understand. This is a really important concept. People think, oh, well, where I need the money first to buy the. I need to be a rich guy to buy the company. No. If you you actually what you ended up getting for free was a very valuable asset, which was that forty five day agreement. It was not to buy a multi million dollar company. That's right. I got so not- that was an asset that you were able to then parlay into raising the millions of dollars. That's right. So I, I effectively got a call option on the business, and I went around. And I tried raising the money. There's a funny stories about I tried everywhere. I tried the banks. I saw a bus drive past that said you can get a business loan for whatever percentage. And I thought, gee, I can make that back pretty quickly at eight percent or eleven percent, whatever the interest rate was. I called the hotline up. I said, I'd like to, you know, I like to borrow this much money. And the young guy on the phone said, actually, I've used web- that website. You know, it's a great website. Whatever. And then I got a call back a few hours later from the manager saying, we would never, ever lend you money to build. If you want to set up a shoe store, no problem. But like with assets, but like we'd never lend money for for a website. So. I went round and I got a few term sheets and they were terrible, et cetera. And, and it's a very long story cut short, but eventually I managed to raise money uh, from someone I know that just sold the business. An entrepreneur uh, about my age who, had, who was very, very successful and I didn't actually realize how successful he was. I, and I actually didn't want to go to him to actually raise the money in the first place. I went to him to put him on the board because I was a solopreneur. And let me tell you, to start a business as one person, it's impossible. And, and I, was, I guess I was very lucky in many ways and I had somewhat of a track record. It wasn't a great track record, but I had a track record of being a CEO. But it, it was very, very tough emotionally because you get up in the morning every day, you're burning money. Um, when I started negotiating this um, call option, I had to get lawyers involved. Lawyers are incredibly expensive. And so you know, the, the clock was ticking on that and I was stressed and I had my mother on my head, don't, you can't screw this one up. Why don't you get a real job? And yeah, et cetera. And it was tough. Uh, well, I think probably the toughest moment of my life. But um, eventually, I pulled it all together. And this person I tried putting on the board, he said, "Yeah, no, I'll go on the board. That's great." I took him to a few meetings with investors, and the investors were, bo- were had more interest in trying to get him as an investor in their funds hmm. than they were in funding this business that looked like Craigslist run by a Swedish guy living on a fish farm in Vanuatu and, and whatever. And eventually, he got frustrated and said, "Look, I'll just give you the money. I think this is a good idea. I'll give you the money." So he gave him the money. And I, I didn't actually register. It's like, how can you give me the money? And I thought, "Oh, you did sell your business. Like, how much money do you make?" And he actually made a huge amount of money. We sold his business, but he actually didn't even comprehend that. And so he's been my investor all the way through. He's been phenomenal, and he's contributed in so many different ways in, into growing the business. But um, yeah, we got the money. We got the we got, we got the website. Literally, it was you know here's the passwords. There was there were actually no full time employees when I bought it. There was a lady in the Philippines who. Um, uh, still with us, um, who uh, was doing customer support for half a million people. Uh, you know, and she's great at customer support, but doing it badly because it's half a million people by herself. And there were three Ukrainian contract programmers hired through the website. They were doing a bit of programming and a bit of this at the other. Uh, and um, that was it. And so I just, it was kind of, I just looked at the website and I said, okay, where do I start? 
the website looks like crap. So let's try and get a bit of design going. So I had a friend of mine actually who was in New York, who was an Australian who over here. I said, can you just design for me like a template or something? I can just kind of, you know, I'll do the programming and I'll kind of just kind of paste it in and I'll make it look a little bit more modern. And so I did that. Did that did that up the traffic, just making it look better? It it didn't up the traffic, but it's actually quite interesting because when I showed it to the Ukrainians, they said, no, we like black and white, leave it. And I was like, imagine these guys in some utilitarian, you know, communist era, like apartment block with everything gray and the sky gray and raining. I said, no, we don't like the color. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And one of the early things I did, which is an important thing for any entrepreneur, is I built a little dashboard with like the key metrics. So, and this is before the whole concept of really growth came about. You know, everyone's got a VP of growth or whatever. But I just thought, I just need to get some visibility on what's going on. And so I built a little thing using GNU plot, which is like a free package you get in Linux, uh, which just plots graphs. And I, I just plotted, you know, how many signups per day am I getting? How many signups per hour am I getting? How much revenue per day am I getting? How much revenue per hour am I getting? And built a little rudimentary dashboard. And the Ukraine said, no, don't do it, don't do it. And I pushed it live and instantly the revenue doubled. Wow, why? Instantly. Because, because it shows credibility. Because it's like it's, almost yeah, like exactly. this social proof. Exactly. When I first went to the website, I thought, this website looks terrible. What is this? And then. But just, if you had known that this is legit, then you would have instantly. Exactly. So the job. conversion was higher. So mm-hmm. traffic hitting the pages, the conversion just doubled. It went from like, I don't know, half a percent to 1% or whatever, whatever the number was. And so that's how the revenue picked up. And I looked and I thought, wow. And all of a sudden, I wasn't making 1 million a year. I was making 2 million a year. And I was on a certain run rate. I can afford to hire a few, you know, hire a person. So I started hiring people. It's probably was profitable, right? It was profitable already. Yeah, it was profitable already because it, the costs were non-existent, and the entrepreneur had been running it for a number of years to generate a profit. Mm-hmm. So that was something he did was very, very smart. Um, and um, I could start hiring a few people to help me with support. I could hire people to help me with programming. I couldn't afford a lot of money, so I wasn't hiring you know, expensive people. I was hiring the cheapest people I could possibly find, and I was hiring freelancers and I was hiring people locally and. Um, what I loved about the business was that just people told me how crap it was and all the things that were wrong with it. And what I loved about that is because they were just helping with my with, with what I needed to fix. And so I just write down everything they told me that, was, that I needed to fix, and I just fix it. And every time I try to fix something, I get a little bump in the numbers, right? Mm. And nowadays, you know, fast forward eight years, it's kind of what we do now, and it, but it's very sophisticated what we do now. That dashboard now has been a whole team on it. There's 40,000 graphs in real time. I can show you on my phone actually in a, in a second. But we, we plot everything. I can tell you, and you can see some of the charts in this thing, this document I've got in front of you, where you, you can see timing. So I can tell you how fast it is for someone to bid on a project, how many exams I've sold in Pakistan in, in English for $5 in the last 10 minutes. You know, it's very, very, the instrumentation is very, very complex, but that allows us to measure everything. And then, in fact, what we do now in terms of the, the testing is rather than before where I'd kind of push something and eyeball a chart, did that go up? Did that go down? Now we do a thing called A-B testing, which is actually proper um, rigorous statistical testing where we'll have a hypothesis about how to improve some metric in the funnel. So this is traffic going to signups, going to projects, going to whatever. And the hypothesis might be, well, let's try and lift the award rate. So let's try and lift the percentage of people mm. who post a project um, who actually award a freelancer. So maybe this is not clear or maybe we need to change the navigation a little bit or maybe we need to change um, and make the you know make something a little bit more intuitive and so what we'll do is we'll write a bit of code or change a bit of copy and we'll do statistical testing we'll send half the traffic to one bit of bit of uh, um, code and half the traffic to the original and then we'll test over time was this positive for revenue was this positive for signups was it positive for awards or whatever it may be or was it negative 
And then if it's good, we push that code and we move on and try something else. Uh, if it's bad, we revert it. So how, how did you parlay that first site that you bought into then acquiring other, because you then basically yeah. acquired, you scooped up the whole industry. Basically, yeah. Uh, you bought like, Scriptlance, for Scriplance, instance. Scriplance, Rent a Freelancer, Freelance.coder UK. Uh, recently, we bought um, Nubello in Latin America. There's 18 of them we kind of we bought up over time. So what, what actually happened was, so I got going and I started making a bit of money and so forth. And marketing in this business traditionally was zero. And in fact, right up to the IPO where we listed on the stock market in 2013, marketing was not even a line item, right? So it wasn't even a cost center, right? Mm-hmm. Most Silicon Valley businesses today, especially SaaS, their marketing line item is somewhere like between 50% and 100% of revenue, mm-hmm. not profit, of revenue, right? They sent huge amounts of money and raised huge amounts of money. Um, but what had happened was, you know, I'd learned a lot of things from the previous entrepreneur about how to be scrappy, particularly around things like search engine optimization, et cetera. And I had a fire hose of traffic already. My problem wasn't getting the traffic. My problem was converting the traffic. The traffic was arriving, looking at the site, saying this site looks like looks terrible, and it was just bouncing, right? And so it was just, I, I just concentrated. I had a leaky boat, and I just wanted to plug the holes. Mm-hmm. So I'd just go through, and I'd just, I'd just try and make the funnel as intuitive and as easy to understand as possible. Make it easy to sign up, make it easy to post a project, make it easy to award freelancers, make it easy to pay, make it easy to withdraw your money, et cetera, and so forth. And so people keep coming back time and time again. So the more I focused on that, and so I'd, you know, I'd do these little things and maybe try, if I was lucky, I'd get 1% here and 2% here and 2% there. But it, you know, if it's in the core funnel, then it, it, over time, it's like the power of compound interest, which is the most powerful force known to mm. man, was it Einstein or whatever said that. And, and so it just it kept on building and building and building and building. And, and then I started getting to a point where I kind of knew what some of these other little sites were trying to sell for because I previously had asked them. And I thought, okay, I've got a bit of money now. Maybe I can try and buy the, the 10th biggest site. Right, and so I started negotiation. And in fact, I think this has one been one of the things that has been one of the key drivers of the business over time. Is we've been very, very good at, at, and very patient. Um, and the, at the price we've acquired things, it's been you know very inexpensive. Um, and and it, and it has worked out to actually for us to be better than Greenfield's marketing. So you know, I could pay a certain amount of money to acquire a customer paying Google. Or I could acquire that customer by buying a small competitor, and, and you know we benchmark against that. Yeah, that's and, a good way to think and about it's it. It's worked out. It worked out very, and you get to kill a competitor at the same time. And we've just been very lucky and very patient that we've managed to roll the space up when we did. Because if you think of, I think, and I've thought about it a lot over the time. If I was six months later, I don't think I would have been able to do what I did because because it's, so, it's so funny because I think I think like I I was basically using. You know, obviously, a similar site, Scriptlance. At the same time, you were using, you know, get a freelancer, mm-hmm. and I was, I was so excited by the results, just like you were. But I just did not think, oh, there's obviously there's so much demand here, and this is such a great thing. I did not think, oh, let's turn it into a billion dollar business. I, 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 I never in the early stages thought it could be as big as it is even today. And, but, and partly but, but, because the economy has switched. To being this global outsourcing economy, and the skill sets are everywhere now because the training is everywhere. Yeah, I, I just knew at the time it was doing a million in revenue. And I thought I can get it to five because I can see all these bugs. I'm sure I can fix these bugs and fix the graphics. I can get it from one million to five million. Sure, I can do that. And then I get to five and I go, well, I can get it to ten. I think because I found all these other things I can fix up, etc. And then get to ten million in revenue. You go, well, I think I can probably get it to twenty or thirty million in revenue, and then. I've got, at the moment, it's, it, we, we, you know, we're doing um, fifty something million in revenue last year. And it's like, well, I know I can get it to 
couple hundred million in revenue at this point. And, so and, if I, and, if and I was LinkedIn right now, I'd scoop in and buy you, or I'd try to buy you. <laughs> well, I wouldn't sell to LinkedIn, but uh, I wouldn't sell this business. I, 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 we actually did have a formal takeover offer um, uh, some years ago at the time we went public. And I did think about long and hard about um, whether I should start a process and, 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 and sell a business, whatever. And I just think, you're on a rocket ship. Why would you get off the rocket ship, right? Yeah. And and I also wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'll just annoy the hell out of all my friends. <laughs> did, you know, did your mom's website ever get built? Uh, it did, and she still runs the business. And is so she forth. killing it? So she's, she's, she's doing she's doing pretty well. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you. So I wrote I wrote a post based on an email conversation we we had. Um, I wrote a post and then we made an infographic. Uh, basically, I wanted to know what skills can people learn within a few months' time yep. where they could then post that they have these skills on freelancer.com or they can they can go for jobs at freelancer.com and make $2,000 in a weekend. Yep. And you had this research already compiled and I posted it. There was things like software ar- architecture, web testing, web design, graphic design, illustration, and so on. I think um, I got some criticism. I saw some threads um, bashing me because I put video animation here and they mm-hmm. were like, this guy, James, doesn't know what he's talking about. It takes years to be good at video animation. Mm-hmm. No way $2,000 in a weekend, it can happen. Um, but you know, if you're going all over the world... Uh, Look, there's, there's, there's all sorts of scale in terms of, in terms of these jobs. And yes, a lot of, the, a lot of these um, areas do require sophisticated knowledge and a lot of training and so forth. But then there's also tools that have been built that make things really easy. Like you can download some of these uh, 3D animation software and so forth. And you can you can load up um, pre-built models. You can download off the internet or from the libraries. And to move them around and animate and do some pretty basic stuff is actually not that hard. It's actually quite intuitive. You can actually pick it up in a couple of hours. Now, you're not going to do... You're not going to make a Disney movie yeah, you're not or gonna a Pixar, Pixar movie. Pixar movie yeah. or anything like that. But the, you know, And, and there, are, there are a lot of people in the world that have natural flair in different areas. Like I can't draw or anything like that. But then you see these people, someone pick, picks up a pencil or whatever. He's had no formal training, but this has, has an eye for these sort of things or a knack for these sort of things. Uh, and so, I mean, there's different ways you can look at about how you make the $2,000, whether you want to do it on the freelancing side by being a service provider and, and working in a skilled area, or you want to be an entrepreneur and just try and find, build an app or build what have you uh, on, on a shoestring budget. But there is just so much potential. You just, you, you're only limited by your imagination. And you know, there, there's just so much opportunity out there now and ability with the ability to make money by building an app, putting it in the app store, by building a website and putting it online and getting traffic to the website. It's it, it's really just up to you now to do it because it's so, so here's an idea for you. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uh, websites which teach some of these skills, but why don't you offer kind of like freelancer university and kind of roll up some on uh, online education sites so it's all in one place so I can learn you know the basics of of web testing or web design and then and then go feed funnel right into that so that I'm um um. Pitching my services to do different jobs. That's actually a great idea, and we're actually going to do that. Or we actually have already have that in the product. Plans. I'll take my commission gonna, later. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going to start thinking of ideas that I could start just outsourcing on freelancer.com. Like it should, I should do like a business a month. Like just uh, just throw throw ideas out there great, and see what happens. A great way to get inspiration is just browse the open projects, right? So there's, there's so I could clone them. So. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say clone them, but you can get inspiration from that, right? So you can see someone's building a, you know. Let's uh, say I'm totally naive, right? Yep. And I want to build an app for the app store for iPhone and Android. Yep. Will they do everything for me, like even get it up into the into the iTunes store? Absolutely, and then- yeah. I mean, they're, they're freelancers that range 
again, it's a whole scale. So you've got people who, you know, right down to kids who are just doing some code on their spare time, right up to full professional BPO outfits. As I said before, the BPO that are ISO 9001 certified. You know, there's a freelancer that I, I know on the site. Uh, for example, his name is Technology, T E K Knowledge, and he will do everything for you. He will build the app, he'll mock it out, he'll do a whole UI, um, you know, before he actually does any coding. But he'll actually get it into the store for you and help you kind of promote it, right? And he's 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 done wow. incredible work. And how much does he cost for an app? Uh, I don't know his hourly rates or his, his, his app rates, but but it's it's inexpensive. Mm-hmm. It, you know, a few thousand dollars, I think, uh, depending on what you want what you want done, but. Um, but yeah, it, it, you can get the whole thing done. And, and you know, even if you're unskilled, even if you have no idea how technology works, you can kind of come up with ideas and concepts. Like if you like Tinder, but you want to make Tinder for dogs, uh, you know, you can sit there with a pen and paper and you can draw it with boxes and little squares, kind of what the layout will look like and kind of yeah. here's where a button will go. If you click the button, here's this, what the screen will show, et cetera. And that's kind of like the UX Layout or the UI layout, right? I mean, it's, and, it should be it should be the case that, I mean, it doesn't seem like a bad idea to just essentially make a, a as long as they're going to just load everything up into the app store themselves and even kind of jumpstart the uh, the marketing. It doesn't seem like such a bad thing to just come up with like if you're an idea guy, come up with an idea a month and just have uh, in two years have you know twenty four to thirty apps up in the app store and that, see which one takes off. That's right, and and some will. Go and I'm just well thinking and, of apps. There's other things, of course, but yeah, the, the, I mean, there are a whole bunch of ways. You, I mean, you can make money on the internet now. I mean, the great thing about the internet is you've got literally um, billions of people who are connected that you can distribute a product or service to, right? So in the olden days, you had to build a product and then you had to build distribution and go to stores and get the store to carry your product, et cetera. Now you can distribute it over the internet. You can do it through a website, you can do it through the app stores, you can do it through social media, you can do it through Twitter. There's all these different ways you can sell, you know, Etsy, mm. Shopify, you name it. There's all these different ways you can distribute a product or service. And the key thing is the speed at which you can reach so many people it's just getting faster and faster and faster to distribute your product or services to market. And that's why these internet companies who are experts in the field are growing so rapidly, getting from zero to a billion dollars in revenue faster than any company in, his, you know, in, in history, right? In the, old, in the olden days, of, you know, Apple, I think it took like eight years to get them to a billion dollars in revenue. And then you had eBay, I think it was about six years and so forth and so on. The companies of today are doing it in like two years. So mm-hmm. you, you know, the Groupons of the world and the Zingas of the world and now... Supercell, which made a game. I mean, Candy Crush. Uh, you know, this, this is a game that oh, I, to, I can't remember the metrics off the top of my head, but it was, it was just phenomenal. Where it was literally within twelve months or something, or rather, it was doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. And this is a game where you flick jelly beans around on a. I, I mean, anyone can come up with this game. Right. It's not a sophisticated game. I, well, maybe the Candy Crush developers will probably get upset with you. I say that I don't know them, but but. Intuitive to me, it doesn't seem like a sophisticated game. It seems like a pretty simple game. It's got attractive graphics and it's kind of fun to play, etc. I'm sure that if you kind of with a bit of thought, someone can come up with another concept for a game. Maybe it's a Sudoku game, or maybe it's I don't know, it's a Scrabble game, or it's a it's a it's a I don't know, some sort of a game that you, you can make. And 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 the you know, I, I just saw for example that this week that Android just overtook Windows. I just saw it as for well. For operating system. So now it's the most popular operating system. Exactly. People so use phones more than computers. Exactly. So you can come up with a game for Android, the ability for you to hit so many people so quickly, it's unprecedented in history. And so 
it's really up to you to come up with something with, with a concept that that might have some affinity with the market. And you know, you can try different things. Maybe not everything's successful. You know, maybe you know the second game. Third, I, in fact, I think that from mem- from memory, the, the Candy Crush developers at King Digital, this was not their first game. They'd done lots of games before this. They weren't successful, and all of a sudden, just one just took off, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and you know, just try different things because it's so the cost of failure now is so low for you to try a concept and get a proof of concept made and out there. It's maybe only a few thousand dollars, while in the past it you know cost millions. So the ability for you to take a risk and try something and then fail fast, it's it's you know it, it makes it really easy easier, relatively speaking, to be an entrepreneur. Well, uh, Matt Barry, CEO of Freelancer.com. I think this is like a game-changing site and everybody should should check it out. I've written about it repeatedly and this is your second time on the podcast. So thanks again for for everything and all the information you've supplied me that I've then uh, uh, shared with people. So it's been um, it's been really great learning about, about your business. And thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. For more from James, check out The James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network at jamesaltucher.com and get yourself on the free insiders list today. Did you know I come out with new episodes every Tuesday and actually now I'm thinking of coming out with more episodes per week. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode and I have a lot of great interviews coming up. Just go to iTunes, search for The James Altucher Show and click subscribe. And if you don't have iTunes, you can subscribe on Stitcher. Again, thank you so much. I really hope you do this. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.